Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Before the break, we were talking about different collection starting points yep. and what that means. Yep. Um, so 62 is the earliest, 70 is the max, although you, as you said, you don't necessarily have to collect at 70, yep. but that's, that's your maximum benefit. So... All right. Um, so let me give you a couple of examples okay. to illustrate sure. what we're talking about. So let's say, uh, I'll give you two examples. Somebody with a full retirement age of 66, and then somebody like you with a full retirement age of 67. In our examples, we'll say, at full retirement age, each person would get $1,000 a month. Okay. So this first person, full retirement age of 66, they opt to start collecting at 62, which is the earliest point, the way the reduction factor works out. They'll receive 75% of their full retirement age amount. In other words, starting at 62, they don't get the thousand. No, they get $750 per month and continuing. Well, yeah, it's $250 less than they'd receive if they waited, but the trade-off, obviously, they get that lower amount sooner and in theory then collects it for a longer period of time. They wait until age 63, they're gonna get more, their payment will be higher. At that point, the way the reduction factor works out, they'd get $800 a month and continuing. Full retirement age of 66, that's when they get the $1,000. They wanna wait one year, start at age 67. Payment's gonna be 8% higher, meaning their benefits 1,080 per month and continuing. Wait all the way until age 70, accrue the maximum of four years worth of delayed retirement credits, means their payment's gonna be 32% higher than full retirement age because it's an 8% per year right. simple interest, not okay. compounded. Yep. Okay, got it. Means at that point they get $1,320 per month and continuing. 
let's say they want to wait and start at age 72, still going to be that same 1320. Now we've got somebody, though, like you, full retirement age of 67. Under the rules, you can still start to collect as early as 62. But now, if you think about it, with a full retirement age of 67, you'll be collecting, if you start at 62, you collect five years prior to full so retirement age. So 30%. Absolutely. Yeah. So you get 70% of your full retirement age amount. In other words, age 62, you don't get 1000 you get $700 a month in continuing. Full retirement age, you get that same 1000 But now the important thing is, these delayed retirement credits only accrue from full retirement age until age 70. So if you've got a full retirement age of 67, you've now only got a three-year period, if you will, between full retirement age of 70. So it's an 8% increase for each of those three years, meaning your payment at age 70 is going to be 24% higher or $1,240 a month. So again, under current rules, still collect as early as 62 but if you collect prior to at 62 with a full retirement age of 67, you're collecting for that longer period of time, you get an even lower amount. Delayed retirement credits, again, under current law, only accrue from full retirement age till 70. So you'll see a smaller overall increase than somebody with a full retirement age of 66, which is why it's really important in planning for retirement that you start by knowing what your full retirement age is. So um, I don't know, if, again, I don't know if this is... Um one of your things on here, but, you know, one of the questions a lot of people ask and, and talking about, you know, how they've, you know, increased full retirement age for certain folks, you know, they have made changes over the years, you know, trying to improve the system and keep its, you know, viability, you know, uh, up to date. And, um, you know, can you speak to, you know, current, current levels of, uh, you know, what's it, what's it looking like? You sure, know, what, yeah. you know, what's the future look like? You know, is it, you know, is it going to be there in full capacity, you know, in, you know, 50 years from now and um, that kind of thing? Sure. And, and I get that question all the time. And I always answer it by saying, well, I'm very reluctant to make predictions. Sure. Especially about the future. Sure. That's an old Yogi Berra line. Okay. Eric, you should be laughing at that one. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, I know I know who Yogi Berra is. Yeah, thank okay. you. That's good. <laughs> so, so each year, uh, people need to understand each year, the Social Security Trustees, Board of Trustees, issues a report on the financial health of the system designed to educate the American public not only about the current state of Social Security, but they attempt to project 75 years into the future. And the most recent report, 2018 report, came out last summer. And in it, Social Security trustees project that as currently constituted, assuming no changes to the program whatsoever, and programs that anticipated to have enough money to cover 100% of promised benefits each and every month between now and the end of the year 2034. Okay. Trustees' report goes on to say, beginning at that point, it's not that Social Security won't have any money whatsoever, which a lot of younger people particularly tend to, to fall into that trap. Projection is that at that point, Social Security will have enough money coming in, again, assuming no changes whatsoever, enough money coming in to cover 79% of the benefits that have been promised over the course of the next 75 years. And that's an important point to me anyway, particularly for younger folks who hear, oh, there won't be anything there for me. You know, keep in mind, Social Security's primary source of income, it's payroll tax dollars collected from employers, employees, and people who are self-employed. So absent a complete and total collapse of the United States economy right. so that nobody anywhere is working, Social Security is always going to have a revenue stream of some sort. The question is, looking down the road, is, is that revenue stream thought to be enough to cover 100% of the benefits that have been promised? And trustees project between now and the year 2034, it is. Beginning at that point, it isn't. 
but it is thought to be enough to cover 79% of the benefits. So I like to say, worst case scenario, Congress doesn't deal with the issue, and I can't imagine they won't at some point. 2034, you're getting $1,000 a month. Well, 2035, you don't get nothing. You get $790 per month in continuing. Now, that's not sufficient. Congress needs to deal with it, continue to be able to pay the benefits that have been promised, but it's a lot different um, than a lot of people mistakenly think. They think, again, particularly younger folks, there's not going to be any money there whatsoever. And the deal with Social Security, you know, frankly, it's no different from your own situation at home. At the end of the month, you don't have enough money to cover all of your bills. You're either going to bring more money in or pay a little bit less money out. And I think that's the same thing with Social Security. In terms of closing that 21% funding gap, you can do it two ways. You can raise the additional 21% in revenue, or you can slow down benefits by 21%. Now, you close the gap simply by bringing more money in. Who are you impacting? Well, younger folks like you. Mm -hmm employers. You close it by cutting benefits. Who are you impacting? Old people like me. So I think in the end, you'll see a mixture, some increases on the income side, some slowdowns on the outflow side, closing that 21% gap. But the important thing is not a program of crisis, no danger that benefits won't be paid next month, next month or whatever. But the sooner the Congress acts, legislates those changes, the better off it's going to be because the less drastic the changes will have to be and the more lead time people will have to plan. And so the issue is, oh, why does Social Security face this issue? It's largely demographics. Demographics in a couple of different ways. One, the aging the baby boom generation. You know, there's more of us around, but people, uh, you know, Congress knew about that and tried to deal with that. But it's also the fact that life expectancy is increasing. You know, not only are there more people collecting, but they're now collecting for a longer period of time because they're living longer, which on a personal basis, that's a good deal. Mm -hmm. I like that. (laughs) And then the third factor that enters in is because Social Security is largely this pay-as-you-go system, meaning you've got employees, employers who pay into the system and those dollars are used to pay the benefits to people collecting. The fact that the baby boom generation was followed by the baby bust generation uh, so that there aren't as many workers coming up Mm. um, to continue to pay in to support this increased and increasingly long collecting um, beneficiary base. So it needs to needs to be adjusted a little bit. But it's not a program in crisis. Don't fall into that trap and don't ever think that there won't be anything there whatsoever. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Um, you know, when you were talking earlier about how like so somebody for somebody like myself where full retirement age is 67, you know, that's so that's a change, you know, that's been been made over the years to, to help maybe help the system. Oh, yeah. And, but there's been, you know, has there been any talk about perhaps making, you know, pushing that 70 number to 71 or something like that? Oh, to, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and so the, the, again, the, on the, on the increase in the full retirement age, that was legislated in 1983 and it came into effect really to impact people more in 1938 or later. So it didn't really kick in until the year 2000. So there was a long lead time. And that was the model it should be, I think, followed in Congress legislating some of these changes. But yeah, on the income side, you know, you payroll tax, you pay 6.2% on that maximum level each year, 132.9 this year. That tax rate, that 6.2% tax rate, that's been the same since 1991. So maybe one way you could increase some income is by increasing the payroll tax rate. You don't have to raise it to 10%, but maybe 62 Four percent, or or something, yeah, because oh, over that gigantic base, absolutely. yeah, just a small a, increase, a small will increase. Add up. Sure, maybe yeah. maybe you could increase the wage base even faster than it is. On the outflow side, one of the things you could do, to reference, is maybe increase early retirement age 
increase full retirement age over what it is, increase that uh, uh, age 70 or whatever. Incentivize so, people to wait. And, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and maybe you average earnings now instead of your high 35 years, you average your high 38 years of earnings uh, with a longer uh, average period is going to slow down the, the the growth rate. And, you know, if you think about it, um, somebody gets out of college at age 22, for example, um, full retirement age of 67, they basically have a 45-year period when they can participate in the workforce. Social Security in calculating their benefit now averages only their high 35. So it, the basic formula allows for 10 years to be dropped out where somebody, you know, could be out of the workforce or things like that. Well, so maybe increase it to, to right. 38 right. in the calculation. That still allows a period of time where people might not be participating. Some, some amount of buffer, but yeah, maybe there's a little too much buffer. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there's a whole bunch of things that are out there. Um, but the problem is it will require political will on the part of Congress to deal with the issue. And, and you know, we see these days Congress can't even agree on what day of the week it is. Mm. And, and in many ways, Social Security is hurt by the fact it doesn't face an immediate crisis. It is very easy for Congress not to deal with the issue right now because they know there's no danger of benefits not being paid. Because they have 15 years Absolutely. Uh, before to, anything happens. To let somebody else deal with the issue. <laughs> right. You know, and, and the other thing is, it's because there is no magic bullet. You know, any change is going to impact somebody negatively somehow, whether you increase the tax rate, the tax base, slow down benefits. And so Congress is very reluctant to, you know, deal with, with things like that. It requires a level of statesmanship and comity. That's C-O-M-I-T-Y, not C-O-M-E-D-Y, because we get plenty of C-O-M-E-D-Y in Washington these days. But, um, you know, it, but it would be better for the country if Congress did deal with the issue. Again, let people know what the changes are. But it's, I like to say, it's not a program in crisis, faces some demographically driven challenges. And the sooner the Congress deals with it, the better off everyone's going to be. Um. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, this is Kirk Reed. Uh, today I'm joined by Mr. Kurt Zarnowski of Zarnowski Consulting. You know what, uh, Kurt, uh, maybe you could give out your phone number. I don't think we did that in case somebody wants to give you a call, you know, for a, set up a personal consultation. Sure. And and so I get the phone, phone number too, but I've got a website, ZarnowskiConsulting.com. You're going to have to spell that. Yeah. I will. <laughs> C is in Charlie, Z is in Zebra, A-R-N-O-W-S is in Sam, K-I, Consulting.com. Um, and uh, email address Kurt, K-U-R-T, dot Zarnowski, C as in Charlie, Z as in Zebra, A-R-N-O-W-S-K-I, at gmail.com. And my phone number is 774-571-3256. World headquarters still in Norfolk? Uh, world headquarters is located conveniently in the basement of my house in Norfolk, Massachusetts. Perfect. That's correct. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Very convenient for commuting purposes. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Pajamas or whatever. Yeah. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is a call-in talk radio show. We had a call earlier, although we somehow... I think I messed that messed that up. Seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. And I forgot to give out earlier. We also have a text line Ooh. if somebody would prefer to text us a question. Uh, and that number is seven eight one seven seven five zero one one six. So you can call us or text us with your social security questions. Um, uh, are we going to be doing a seminar at any point in the, yes. in the future? Yes, thank you. We are. Uh, I know you're. I'm a trained. I'm a trained professional. You're, you're excited about it. Yeah. Uh, so 
Kurt uh, will be joining us live and in person uh, on April 30th at 6.30 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon in Marshfield. Uh, if you would like to register for that event, uh, please call uh, McNamara Financial at 781 781- Eight three four two zero one zero, or you can register on our website, which is McNamaraFinancial.com. Um, space is limited to, I think, about forty, uh, and I think we already have about twenty people wow, signed okay. up. Um, we are asking for a ten dollar donation, uh, which will go to the Marshfield Food Pantry, uh, and McNamara Financial will match whatever the total donation is. Uh, and I know there will be there will be some you know hors d'oeuvres, uh, some free hors d'oeuvres at the event. Uh, plus, you get to look at Kurt, which is you know the best the best part. Um, and then while we're on announcements, uh, next Saturday, April 13th, uh, the topic is I've been laid off. Now what do I do? Uh, Mike and Pamela will walk you through the steps to take uh, if you are dealing with a layoff. Um, all right. So back to Social Security. Yeah. And, and so basically in the end, you know, this decision, as I said, right up front, when to collect your choice, your decision, what are the factors you ought to be thinking about? Well, obviously your health for one, the big one you talked on, longevity. How long do you think you're going to live? Um, do you need the money? You're going to keep working. All those factors can come into play. But, you know, I always like to remind folks when it was always designed to be this social insurance program where based on average life expectancy, it was all supposed to come out about even no matter when you started. But life expectancy is increasing. You know, social security numbers say if you're a 65-year-old man, on average, you can live to age 84. 65-year-old woman, on average, age 86. You know, but even more telling, social security numbers say 65-year-olds, one in three expected to live to 91 in seven to age 95. So, you know, boomers and others need to recognize that retirement now could be a period of 20, 25, or maybe even 30 years in length. And it's important to plan for a long retirement. And, you know, one of the things uh, that to think about is uh, later in retirement, what are you going to have for income? And uh, one way you can help ensure a higher income later in retirement is by delaying the start of your social security payments. But again, Correct. individual's choice. If you knew when you were going to die, as you said, it would be an easy decision. You don't see so a factor in other things. Make your best we're gonna informed talk, decision and then move on. We'll talk more about that because I, you know, I have a couple, couple things. But we do have a caller. We have uh, Pat in Rockland. Hello, Pat. Are you there? Good morning. I'm here. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. What can we do for you? Oh, I have a question. If I want to take early retirement, I turned 60 this year, so I'm thinking about it. Um, if I want to take it early, can I still take half of my husband's or do I just collect off of mine? Great question. And uh, and I'll deal with that and we'll talk about spousal benefits in a second, Oh, which okay. is kind of a nice lead into spousal benefits. Um, <laughs> Social Security spousal benefit program basically says, and it's totally gender neutral, works either way. But mm-hmm. Pat, in your case, what the law says is you could collect a Social Security benefit equal to 50% of your husband's or your own one amount or the other, whichever one is higher, you don't get both at once. The important thing is for you, if you were to go to Social Security at age 62, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have the choice of taking just the spousal benefit and deferring collection of your own. You're always going to be, and the term is deemed to be applying for your own retirement benefit first. And so at that point, if your husband's collecting and your full retirement age amount is less than half of his, you'll collect your own benefit first, plus some additional money on top of that as a spouse. But you won't be able to get anything in spousal benefits unless your husband is collecting. But if he is, they compare your 
full retirement age amount with 50% of his. And if yours is less than 50% of his, that difference, that spousal portion, is what you're eligible to receive and it's paid on top of what you collect on your own. But you don't have the option of picking and choosing. You have to take your own first. And if your own is greater than 50% of your husband's, then that's all you're going to collect. Okay, great. That's good to know. All right. Thank okay. you so much. All right. Take care, Pat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, there are, you know, since she, she mentioned 60, uh, that is a magic number for something, right? Is that's that survivor benefits. Survivor benefits. Survivor benefits. Okay. Yeah, so we talked about spousal benefits. That's when both members of the couple are alive, eligible to collect 50% of the others or your own. Survivor benefits for widows and widowers, it's a little more generous. Now, one member of the couple passes away, the surviving spouse is eligible to collect 100% of the other person's benefit. Oh yeah, still, or his or her own, one or the other, whichever one is higher. You never get both payments at once, but now someone's passed away, possibility is based on 100% of what the deceased individual had been collecting. So that's an important point. Someone delays collecting Social Security retirement benefits, say waits delayed 70, accrues delayed retirement credits. By waiting, they're not only increasing their own payment once they start to collect it, but it also means that any survivor benefit that could be made upon their passing is going to be higher as well because the survivor benefit based on 100% of what the deceased individual is collecting at the time he or she passed away. So good things tend to come to those who wait, I think. You yep. get a higher benefit on your own, but it also means a survivor payment good. that could be paid. Good point. to be yep. higher as well by waiting. Yep. Uh, we actually we have another, another caller. Uh, can we go to Tom in Kingston? Good morning, Tom. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Gentlemen. I'm doing good, thank Gen- you. <laughs> I That's- have uh, two questions. Yeah. First one is, how is young teenagers able to get on Social Security? How are young teenagers able to get on Social Security? Well, there's a multifaceted answer to that, Tom. One <laughs> is, no, with a lot of people don't re- understand that the Social Security program is a family protection program. And so if a member of a parent is retired or becomes disabled or who passes away, any of those cases with kids under the age of 18, those kids are eligible to receive a monthly social security benefit based on the work and earnings of the spouse. And there's about 3 million kids these days who receive a monthly social security benefit because their parent is either collecting retirement benefits, their parent is collecting social security disability benefits, or their parent has passed away. Now, a lot of people, though, mistakenly confuse Social Security benefits with another program called SSI, Supplemental Security Income. SSI okay. is a program that the Social Security Administration runs, but it's fundamentally different from the Social Security programs we've been talking about. SSI is a program for folks who are 65 or older, legally blind or disabled, and who have limited income and limited assets. And with the SSI program, you can collect, no matter how old you are, kids under the age of 18 who are disabled, potentially eligible to collect SSI, but it is a needs-based, means-tested program. So a lot of people tend to run the two of them together and think that there are people out there, teenagers collecting Social Security benefits when they may be collecting in the SSI program. SSI funded differently. SSI is funded out of general revenues differently from the Social Security benefit programs, which are funded out of those payroll taxes that people collect. So the, teen, so the teenager uh, person under the age of 18, once they turn 18, do they lose that income? 
So what are we talking about? Under the Social Security program or SSI? Under Social Security. Yes. They, well, so can you, can, you, can, you, can you tell us the situation, Tom, or, or not? The situation is that he's collecting because his father passed away. Okay. And, and he's getting that, I assume it's Social Security. Yep, yep, in that situation. So he will continue to receive benefits up until the age of 18 or through age 19 if he's still a full-time student in high school. But benefits end at age 19 at the latest, generally at age 18, but if somebody's still a full-time student in high school, they can continue to receive those as long as they're a full-time student in high school, but even if they're full-time student in high school, no later than age 19. Thank you. And the last question will go to the other end of the spectrum. When somebody's receiving Social Security and that person passes away, I hear that not everybody qualifies for the uh, burial amount. It was a two fifty-five. The paltry 255 lump sum yes. death benefit. Yeah, a little bit of history back in the day. Social Security would pay that $255 whenever anyone who had worked and paid into the Social Security program passed away. 1983 is part of that big package of amendments. They restricted the payment of that 255 death benefit if only if there's a surviving spouse or surviving children who are eligible to collect benefits. So you're not talking about a 49-year-old child, but, you know, kids under the age of 18 or one of those folks, they will be able to get it. So it is very limited these days, surviving spouses and or surviving children who are eligible to collect benefits. So surviving spouses can collect the 255 from the spouse that passed away. Correct. Correct. Good. Well, thank you very much. It's a great show as usual. Thanks, All right, Tom. Tom. Thanks. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Um... Yeah, so that 255 doesn't sound like that's been indexed much for inflation. Oh, and, and, no, over and, the years, and, so. and as Congress lacks the cojones just to eliminate it altogether, uh, okay, you know, yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's been 255 forever. Okay, uh, and they just uh, you know don't eliminate it's it. It's kind of like yeah, it's I mean, if, if they did away with that, does, does that, does that even notice? help? Does that Who'd even notice? help? Yeah, but does, notice? yeah, does that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, do you want to talk about? Well, okay, actually, before we leave, you know, when should you start? collecting. I just want to, you know, so you talked about, you know, what are your options? How does it work? But I just want to give my two cents on, you know, generic, of course, generic advice. Sure. Um, you know, so, you know, we have, we have software that, you know, that we've purchased that basically can analyze. It's a social security uh, tool. Um, yeah. And, you know, if we, if we have a married couple, you know, you plug in their birthdays, you plug in their expected, you know, benefits at full retirement age. And then, you know, you tell it, you know, you can tell it, you know, life expectancy or a range of life, life expectancies. Um, and then it basically gives you, you know, here's the optimal collection starting times, um, you know, to, to receive the most, you know, most amount of, you know, benefits from social security, you know, based on your life expectancy. And then it shows you, so it shows you that and it says, okay, you know, uh, you know, Mary collects at, you know, 66, um, you know, and, you know, uh, Todd, you know, Todd collects, you know, a spousal benefit, you know, for three years, uh, and then, you know, goes over to his own benefit at 70 and et cetera. Um, and, and it basically shows you, you know, over the period of time, you know, how much money you're going to collect. And then it shows you, okay, well, what happens if you live a little bit longer? You know, what do those numbers look like? If you, if you, you know, die a little sooner, what do those numbers look like? So, I mean, Yes, it's it's something, but it's 
you know, it's it's in a vacuum. You know, it's not yeah. doesn't doesn't tell you the whole doesn't tell you the whole picture. Um, and again, it's based on what you have input as anticipated date of death. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it gives you know it does yeah, give it you some it yeah. gives you give you some ranges. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's that's that's really what's dri- that's a big part of what's driving it. Um, you know, so our you know our our general answer is you know we tell people they should wait as long as they can. Um, you know, for somebody to collect at 62, you know, that typically makes us a little nervous because we're afraid of, you know, longevity risk. You know, yep. we're afraid that they're, they might be one of these people that lives a long time. And if they collect early, you know, they're going to feel that at some point, you know, because it's, you know, it's not going to keep up with inflation. You know, it's, it's a reduced amount. Um, you know, some people, you know, some people think, you know, maybe, maybe they're not going to live very long. You know, maybe they feel, you know, even, even though they, they don't have any issues per se, but they feel like they don't live a particularly healthy life. You know, they feel like they're not going to, you know, live to their life expectancy. So they feel like they're missing out if they don't collect, you know, as early as they can. And I, and I understand that, but, um, but financially speaking, that's, you know, maybe not the smartest choice. Um, or if they think they're going to collect early and they're going to invest that money, you know, I don't need the money but I'm going to take it and I'm going to invest it and I'm going to make it grow. Well, you know, we talked about, you know, if they just let it sit there, they're earning 6% per year. That's a pretty good, pretty good rate of return on a guaranteed basis. Um, and that's just prior to full retirement right, age. Right. And then, and then 8% from full retirement age to, to 70. And yep. so, you know, I'd love to tell people, you know, I'd love to tell people, oh yeah, we can make, you know, we can make more than that, but it's, it's not guaranteed. If you leave it there, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's guaranteed by the, you know, social security administration, which is, you know, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good guarantee these days. Yep. Um, and so I would, I would argue that that's, that's not a good plan, you know, to try to try to beat that spread, uh, so to speak. Um, so that's, and that leads into a, a point that I think is important to discuss and let people understand. So what happens if you change your mind about collecting? Okay. Um, and so back in the day, it used to be there was no length of time in which you couldn't change your mind and undo what you'd done, pay the money back, and be f- free to reapply at a later date. Well, since 2010, say you start to collect at age 64, you know, decide in a little while that maybe that wasn't the right decision. Well, it's important to note, these days you have one year in which you can change your mind, if you will, and completely undo what you've done by the technical term is you withdraw the application, you pay back any benefits that you've received, no interest charge though, you're simply repaying the principal, and then you're free to reapply at a later date. So you have a one-year window in which you can change your mind. But I always like to remind folks this, one of the rules of the program these days, as long as you have reached your full retirement age, you have the option of asking to have your monthly payments voluntarily suspended. And for each month that you suspend your benefits, and this is only after full retirement age, you're going to be accruing those delayed retirement credits, increasing your benefit by two-thirds percent per month. Why do I raise it now? Well, you've got somebody, Kirk, who applies at age 62, takes that reduced amount, is listening to the show, has hit full retirement age, realizes, oh, I probably should have waited. It's important for folks to know if you're at full retirement age or older, you can call up Social Security and say, I would like to voluntarily suspend my monthly payments. means you're not going to collect anything, but for each month now that you defer, your benefit, and it's the reduced benefit rate, is going to grow by that two-thirds percent per month, eight percent per year. And so you start to collect at 62, but you've hit full retirement age, opt to suspend your benefits for four years, you know, you'll 
basically make back that 25% mm. reduction by increasing your payment. But again, it's only at full retirement age. But the other danger is this. Since 2016, the law says that if you ask to have your payments suspended, Social Security is also required to suspend the benefits to anyone else who might be collecting on your record at the same time. So you get a situation where you get a husband and wife, again, totally gender neutral, but the husband decides he wants to suspend his benefits. If his wife is collecting a spousal benefit based on his work record, that spousal portion is gonna be suspended as well. She'll continue to collect anything she's entitled to on her own, but if she's getting a spousal benefit, gonna be suspended at the same time. So it may not be the right answer for everybody, but it is an option that if you've reached full retirement age, you've been collecting for more than a year, so you don't have that option of completely undoing, you do have the option of voluntarily suspending your benefits. And the last point, I'll turn it back to you, a lot of people mistakenly think that then then they're locked out until age 70 before they can start to collect. No, it's whatever option. Whenever. Yeah, exactly. So you decide for a year. You know, you're going to suspend your benefits for a year. Once you resume them, your payment's going to be 8% higher going forward. In that in that scenario that you just mentioned about can can anybody can do that regardless of when they were born? Absolutely. Anybody, but anybody you have qualifies. to be at full retirement age or older okay. to be able to voluntarily suspend your benefits. And incidentally, you can stop and start and stop and start as many times as you want before full retirement age and 70. I don't recommend that. It's an administrative nightmare. Right. But but again, you know, you're not locked out to, once you suspend, not being able to collect until age 70. No, you can stop and start if you want. Uh, but it is one way for those folks who may have started collecting early, realize maybe I need a higher payment now. Uh, it is something that's still an option to people, but recognize you have to have your payment suspended. Anyone else collecting on the record, their payment's gonna be suspended as well. I think this is a good time. We'll, we'll take a break and we'll, we'll be right back. 